BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Nate, I don't know if you knew this, but in the SEC, football means more. Apparently, it just means more. It just means more in the SEC. So this is our SEC preview episode. So let's look at some of the teams. And it would uh, we we should just start with Alabama because the the rankings start with Alabama. They're number one overall coaches poll, AP poll. Every they're going to be number one to start this season. And in alphabetical order, they're they're number one also. (laughs) In alphabetical, (laughs) exactly. They're just number one all across the board. And. This is going to be a really interesting season, I think, for Alabama because they're obviously coming off a title win and arguably probably their best team that they have ever had. They had, what was it, six first-round draft picks on that team? At least offensively, it was... Yeah. They put up numbers that were comparable to that 2019 LSU team, and I know there was a weird season, and maybe not every team was fully prepared, and Alabama probably had a little bit of an edge just because of how discipline and bun up that program is with Nick Saban uh, but it still was eye-popping numbers and they did a lot of it without Jalen Waddle, who ended up being the number six pick in the draft he did come back for the national title game but he did get hurt pretty early in uh, last season yeah and they lost their quarterback Mac Jones uh, and they're replacing him with new quarterback Bryce Young who if I believe correctly he had like 15 snaps throughout the regular season something like that so yeah. he's coming in mostly new quarterback they're having a whole new running back system new wide receivers relatively fresh offensive line their strongest point on that team apparently is going to be the linebackers in the secondary they have a got a good amount of returning linebackers their secondary is returning so this might be one of those alabama teams who tries to figure it out on the run on the offensive side of the ball um, throughout the season but defensively they're going to be very strong at least in the secondary and for the linebackers um, and up front, we always know they recruit, you know, the big guys from across the country. So they, they'll probably be OK up front as well. Their over under for the season, Nate, is 11 and a half. Juice, though, is on the under. So a lot of these sports books do not expect Alabama to go undefeated, which I think is interesting. But I mean, you look at their schedule and it's you know, it's OK. It's it's not the easiest schedule in the world. But again, it's not the hardest. And when you're one of the top teams in the country, you're never really going to have a hard schedule because you are the best. But they start the season off against Miami in Atlanta. And that could that could easily be a game I could see at least coming down to the wire simply because they, they don't know what their offense is yet with Bryce Young. We know he's a capable quarterback and he's a highly rated quarterback. And he's made what a million dollars so far on NIL uh, advertisements. But. Again, this is an offense with a lot of question marks, so that could be taken advantage of in Miami at a neutral site. Um, They have a tough game at Florida on the road two weeks later. They play Texas A&M on the road, Mississippi State on the road. They play a question mark Auburn team to end the season on the road. So there's all those spaces where they could slip up and lose a game. And if they do, you hit that under 11 and a half. Yeah, um, First of all, Nick Saban, very, very good in week one with a lot of time to prepare. And Miami breaking in a quarterback, Derek King. So I think 
maybe the Alabama first half spread might uh, come down to the wire, but I think it's going to be uh, <laughs> a blowout for uh, for Alabama, and the game is being played in, I believe it's in Atlanta. Yeah, and it's in Atlanta. So it's going to be, even though it's a neutral site, Bama fans are going to travel a lot better than Miami fans. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. The Florida game could be interesting. Uh, Florida's a team that's kind of intriguing this season. They lose th- uh, three players on offense. We're drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, including a tight end and receiver in the first round. So it's kind of a, a, a team that's, you know, they they have some talent and, and, and very good offensive mind in Dan Mullen, but probably the best time for Alabama to be playing a Florida team just because it doesn't sound like Mullen is fully convinced that he has a, a team that can contend like he kind of did last year. Um, and I think with Bama, you mentioned they lose a lot. Uh, in terms of players, but they also lose offensive coordinator C. Sarkeesian, who became the yeah. head coach at Texas. Uh, Butch Jones, who we joked about, I think when we talk, previewed the Big 12, um, and the Sarkeesian kind of going to the Nick Saban rehab for coaches program. Uh, yeah. Saban kind of reworked the reputation of Butch, Butch Jones, the former Tennessee coach, and now he's the head coach at Arkansas State. So, they lose a lot in the coaching staff along with the players, which is, I think, why they could be vulnerable in a game this year. And I think that game at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher's probably most talented team in terms of recruiting stars uh, in College Station since he's been there, is probably the game they're most likely to slip up in. Um, I think the question is, do you think it's going to happen or do you want to maybe give the, the options of possibly losing to Florida or another team, LSU, and betting under 11 and a half? Or would you rather just kind of cherry pick some of the opposing team's money lines uh, throughout the season? Because it's really hard to bet against Alabama. And even if the numbers say there is a better chance that they uh, go under than over, uh, I I just don't want any part of fading a Nick Saban team. Because even though they lose a lot, they recruit at the highest level in the country. They still do, and it's still going to be a very, very good team despite all the losses on the field and on the sideline. Yeah, I would lean the under here simply because it's, you know, people talk about the hangovers from the season before, and I know Nick Saban is, you know, the college football coach, and he's the guy that will get the program focused and ready for next season, and there's no really other coach like him that's able to do that. But you still have that coming off, you know, the – best team he's probably ever had in terms of talent offensively for sure um 13 and 0 and they win the national title handily so you're coming off of that trying to repeat that is tough and they could absolutely i think those the two games texas a&m for sure circled as a possible loss and then that florida game week three could could be a possible loss not as much as texas a&m but i could see them losing in the swamp week three when they're still trying to get Bryce Young going and figure out their offense, I could see them slipping up and losing a game like that. But Nate, I can't, I can't bet against Nick Saban. I don't think I can go the under here. That's what I would lean towards, but I'm not making a play on this one. But uh, 11 and a half with juice on the under. Bet at your own risk against Nick Saban is uh, exactly. is all I'll say there. And looking at some of the look ahead lines for the season involving Alabama and some of the big games you mentioned, they're favored by 18 and a half against Miami. Week three against Florida, they're favored by 13 and a half in the swamp. We go to College Station, they're favored by 11 and a half. 
And then the home games, you're going to play LSU, and you're favored by 22.5 on the game of the year <laughs> look-ahead number. And then I guess the yeah. game's at Auburn, but it's 16.5 in the Iron Bowl. Um, yeah. So maybe if you have doubts on Alabama with the way we're able to bet in 2021, where you could bet on an individual game instead of the uh, season win total, maybe betting Texas A&M plus the points or even Florida past uh, plus the points, catching two touchdowns could be the way to go because if you think Alabama might start off slow, maybe that those lines end up closing single digits and at least you get some closing line value. All right. I know you looked at uh, Florida. Where are we going to go in alphabetical order here with some of these names, some of these teams? Actually, so I was thinking I bet two SEC win totals. So right. maybe at the end we can mention something about Florida. I know I talked about them a little bit on this Alabama section, but uh, I was thinking of just kind of sharing what I actually bet to give the listeners uh, some something valuable instead of just kind of regurgitating some of the previews they might be hearing and without any opinion from us. Yeah, put the <laughs> put it on the line. I respect that. Yeah. I think you got to tell the people what you're doing. I mean, because you got Auburn. Right. Yeah. Who were, we talked about Alabama. They've got that new head coach from Boise State, Brian Harson and yep. Bo Nix getting his third year. And they're over under seven right now. Seven. Um, and I was actually looking this morning to make sure it was still seven across the board. And I actually found a seven and a half. And I'd already bet Auburn at under seven. And I'm going to re-up at under seven and a half because I was surprised to see that one place having that out there especially because it looked like it was trending closer to six and a half uh but yeah you mentioned new coach brian harrison from boise state uh auburn wasn't happy with gus malzahn even though he wasn't terrible at least in my opinion and you know you think when you buy out a coach in a pandemic for 21 million (laughs) dollars then there must have been some real influence (laughs) there must have been some really like some boosters who really couldn't stand him or something Um, You mentioned Bo Nix, their quarterback, who I'm not a huge fan of. But with Auburn, it's always a schedule because you play in the SEC West. You always have a crossover SEC East game against Georgia. It's no different this year. And now this year with a new coach, you're going week three, a night game at Penn State. Two weeks later, you play at LSU. A week later, you're home against Georgia before a bye week. And then you go, actually, there's another game you play at Arkansas before a bye week. So that's a really tough stretch. And then you play at AM and at, uh, versus Alabama. You host them in the Iron Bowl in November. The Mississippi schools you get at home, but those teams can be tough, especially Ole Miss, which I think has a, a potential to maybe exceed their expectations with the offense they have. So for me, Auburn under seven is something I already bet. I'm going to re-up at under seven and a half, just knowing there's five games where I, I'm not sure. They're going to be underdogs in all those games. I could see them going 0-5 in those games and they'd have to win one of them plus all the rest of their games to beat me and win eight games. So under seven on Auburn, if you can find that seven and a half, if you want to DM me, I can tell you where it is, but I don't want to be giving out sports books that uh, are just, uh, I'll give them free publicity <laughs> on the podcast. So Auburn is a team I'm going to look to fade this season, maybe not individual games because they could be a, a team that, there's still talent there defensively, so they could maybe cover some games uh, as underdogs. But when it comes to the win total, I really like the, the under on the Auburn Tigers. 
I'm going to shoot you a DM at the end of the show. Ask for that seven and a half. Cause that, yeah. if, they, if, if that can find a seven and a half, I think I'm absolutely going to take that. Cause then you can still get seven and you still win the bet. I, I really like that yeah. a lot. Cause you, as you said, that schedule, it yeah. is very difficult to find yeah. eight wins on that schedule. Unless Bo Nix like improves sure. by tenfold as a quarterback and, and improves all the, the bad deep balls and the accuracy, decision-making all of that. If he just suddenly improves all of that this off season, Maybe I could see Auburn getting eight wins, but that's a tough end of the schedule too. And they play a lot of tough teams on the road. So I, I don't know about that eight win mark for them. I really do like under seven and a half a lot. Yep. So yeah, I think, and then another thing you, you mentioned the questions about Bo Nix, but I think there's a lot of questions with the head coach coming in first year uh, from Boise yeah. state. I know he had a year at Arkansas state, which I guess is, be considered SEC country, but it's also a Sun Belt, <laughs> and it was also a long time ago. So I think yeah. he's just—it just seems like an out-of-place hire, and it was a, a a good career move for him, I guess, because you know he he turned down a lot of jobs um, at Harrison did at Boise State, and he got a top-level job, but unfortunately, being Auburn in a state that has Nick Saban and an SEC that's going to get even better now with I guess Oklahoma and Texas coming in. It's just a really tough job, and I thought that should have been factored in more with Gus Malzahn and his legacy, taking them to a national title game in his first year at head coach in 2013 and beating uh, Alabama two other times, um, others on that pick kick six game. So I thought uh, it was kind of unfair that Malzahn, how he left, and I could see this year being a down year for them. All right, let's look at Georgia, and that's most likely the team that would most likely face Alabama in the likeliest of SEC championship games. Um, And this is really, Nate, it seems like this is the year that Georgia can do something good. This is like everything's like lining up for them. They're getting a ton of returning players. They got JT Daniels coming in for his full season, coming over from USC a couple years ago. Uh, their over-under is 10 and a half, with the over being juiced at most of the places that I saw. Um, but this is, I mean, this is a team that Kirby Smart worked so hard to recruit. He's got all the players that he needs. Got an incredibly strong defensive line in terms of players. Um, it, it really seems like this is like the make or break here. And I, I'm not saying Kirby Smart's going to get fired if they don't, you know, make a title game this season, because I think they're very happy with Kirby Smart in Georgia with the way he's been recruiting. And surprisingly, he has been a better recruiter than Nick Saban over the last five years or so by like the slimmest of margins, but he's been able to out recruit Nick Saban. So I think this is, this may be the year where we see that recruiting margin payoff for Georgia, where they really just dominate every single team on their schedule and I would probably lean the over 10 and a half I mean I think this is a team that could easily go undefeated um and I know this is in terms of their uh in terms of their schedule you look at it and early on they have that game against Clemson and that week one game in Charlotte I think that's a winnable game for them I really do um, and I don't know, Nate, if you have that line pulled up for, for week one for that. Um, but yeah, I, after that Clemson game, it's smooth sailing for most of the rest of the season. Um, they've got UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky. That's their next six games. So if they lose to Clemson, I think they could really win out the rest of their schedule too. And then the, you still have the over 
if they beat Clemson, I would be shocked if they didn't hit the over based on their oh, yeah. schedule. So I, I think you're still pretty safe, even though there's a little juice, minus 125, minus 130. I think that's one of the smarter team total bets you can make in college football is the over 10 and a half for Georgia. Yeah, so Clemson is right now a three and a half point favorite. I know earlier in the summer it was four, four and a half. So I think that there's kind of some love for Georgia, kind of like you've mentioned. Um, and I, it's kind of a tough way to decide what you want to do because you can go Georgia money line and win right away. And Georgia currently on the money line for that yeah. game, plus 145, probably there's plus 150 out there. Or you could lay a little bit of juice. If you lose that game, you still have that chance of going 11 and one. And they're one of the five best teams in college football based on the odds. They were fifth in the AP poll. So there's definitely a good chance that they can, uh, even if they lose to Clemson, their playoff chances weren't going to be dead or anything because they would no. basically be controlled their own fate if they won out, won the SEC title game. Yeah, so and that's a nice to, part. Yeah, they losing to Clemson, SEC game. Right, losing to Clemson wouldn't be the end of the world, and maybe even beating Clemson when it comes to the win total would be a would be a great thing. But then you still are going to have the pressure of possibly being 12 and 0 facing an Alabama team in Atlanta, and who knows what's going to happen by then. But there's going to be a, probably a little bit added pressure on Georgia if they run the table. So a yeah. team I like a lot, a team I'm not going to fade. If it if I had to bet them against Clemson or pick them or play the game against Clemson, I'd bet Georgia. If I had to play the win total over, I'd bet it over. I just I'm not really sure which one is better yet. I think you might be able to I think the win total Ben I, I think I, I think, think it that is. might be the way to go because yeah. if if you win against Clemson you have a great chance like a like a 90 percent chance yeah. just off the top of my head of winning that bet if you lose to Clemson there's still a shot that you're gonna go 11 and one go over that win total especially looking at some of the look ahead lines they play Auburn in October that game's usually like later in November it's earlier this year which might be a might be a good thing, especially if what we think about Auburn and maybe getting off to a slow start. Uh, Georgia's favored by nine at Auburn in that game, October 9th. And then looking at the, the uh, I know we're not allowed to say it. Or the, <laughs> I mean, the people aren't allowed to say it, but the world's largest cocktail party. I, for, I don't know exactly what they call it now. I know you can't say cocktail party anymore. But Georgia is favored by seven and a half in that game. And it's indicated in their price to win the division where they're a very strong favorite to win the SEC East. Yeah, I mean, this is just a cakewalk of a schedule. So I yeah. that 10.5 number, it really probably should be 11. But you can find them at 10.5 well, at a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, if if they had a different – the reason why it's 10.5 is, is very simply they're going to be an underdog against Clemson. So yeah. kind of based on the implied probability, they're probably about a, around a 40% chance of winning that game. And that, that alone drops it because if you're playing a team that – you're going to be a big favorite against in week one. That's literally like a half a game. So if they were playing maybe uh, in the past, I, I think they've like played North Carolina. I guess North Carolina would have been a tough game this year too. But if they were playing a team where they were like a, a two touchdown, like a team like Miami where they were a two touchdown favorite, um, how Alabama was playing Miami, then maybe that Georgia win total probably be 11 flat because they're playing Clemson, a team that we know is very good. It's ten and a half, so it's simply simply that, and we're probably gonna know if you uh, win your season win total 
uh, early early in the pretty season. Pretty much week unless, one, yeah. A less disaster. I mean, there's always injury and other crazy things yeah. that could happen. but And they are uh, missing their wide receiver, George Pickens, who is supposed to come in and be like their top guy. So, that I mean, yeah. that's to take into consideration with his injury, but you, I can still see them getting 11 yeah. wins. As you mentioned, they recruited well, so hopefully they oh, yeah. fill in the cracks at some of the positions uh, depth-wise. And we kind of like, I was laughing a little bit when you were introducing Georgia, because like, it seems like it could be their year, and it, it kind of feels like it always is that feeling. It, it does. But I think finally this is really it, really it, and as you mentioned, the schedule sets up nicely. Yeah, this is this is it. This is it for, for Kirby Smart. It's This is the team that he needs. Um, do you want to do quick hits on some teams? Yeah, so one golf. other team, uh, can I just, I want to say something about Arkansas, a team I also oh, yeah, bet yeah. under. I bet them under six. I, I look today, though, and everything wears five and a half. So if a six, you can find a six on Arkansas, I'd go under six. Uh, one of the reasons I actually am, am looking to fade Arkansas is because they are crossover SEC game that's kind of on that rotation where you play a team every six years, at least for now, is at Georgia. So they get the toughest possible crossover game in the division which i think makes their one of the toughest schedules in the country because you're playing the sc west also and then you have a week two game you're hosting texas but still they're an underdog on the look ahead line in texas i mean they still have a lot of talent with new coach steve sarkeesian coming in so i'm interested about that arkansas texas game i guess i'll be rooting for texas because i did bet under on arkansas uh and it's a team that last year kind of had a uh, they they exceeded expectations despite only going three and seven because they haven't won an S before last year. They didn't win an SEC game for two years since 2017. So they have had some really tough times. And I think asking them to win seven games is a lot, especially with that schedule. So that's kind of my thing on Arkansas. I think when we talked about SEC stuff like a month ago, I mentioned Arkansas as a team that had a really tough schedule along with our Auburn. And it's kind of the reason why, I'm playing under on both and you can still get that Auburn under. So play that uh, Arkansas, try to find a six anywhere. Um, now with so many different sports books in the U S maybe there is one that's still hanging a six. So look for that. All right. You've got Florida also quick hit. Yeah. So Florida, Florida, um, Dan Mullen back, even though he kind of was flirting with the NFL, uh, and I, I wouldn't blame him for flirting with the NFL because you're losing quarterback Kyle Trask, wide receiver Kadarius Tony, tight end Kyle Pitts. The defense was an absolute mess last year, and it prevented them from being in the playoff, uh, you know, playoff talk in the uh, last weeks of the season. They had that shocking loss at home to LSU as a massive favorite right before the SC title game, which killed kind of any chance of them making the playoff, even if they somehow upset Alabama. Uh, so that defense is going to have to improve. But the schedule, other than having to play Alabama as a crossover game uh, and having to play LSU as a crossover game like they do every year, not too bad just because the SC East isn't very good. I think their win total is at nine, and that seems like probably the right number where nine and three is pretty common with losses to Alabama and Georgia and maybe one other game and then winning out. Um and yeah, they have a new quarterback, Emory Jones, much different players than Kyle Pitts, Kyle, Kyle Trask. Sorry, I'm getting confused. The Kyles, the, the guys who are in the NFL now who are drafted in the first two rounds. So uh, we'll see what kind of system Florida is able to run. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see kind of how Dan Mullen treats the season because he's always due for a 
for an interesting quote. A&M's interesting as well. I think yeah. they're the one that I saw nine and a half with juice on the under um, is what I'm looking at now. I don't know if you saw any different yeah. numbers, um, if you saw juice on the over, but I mean, I, I kind of, I know it's an underdog, but I kind of like the over for A&M. And I know they have question marks at quarterback. They have question marks on the O-line, which is, you know, two very important positions for this team, especially after losing Mond um, last season. But they get a lot of returners back that aren't quarterback and offensive line. They had a pretty good recruiting year. And schedule-wise, it's it's pretty, you know, it's a pretty smooth sailing schedule. They have to play Alabama, of course. Mississippi State. Uh, can always be a tough game, but I can see them getting 10 wins from this schedule um, pretty easily. Honestly, um, they end the season at LSU on the road, which LSU is one of those question mark teams, but they could be pretty solid by the end of the season with all the improvements in the young guys. So that could be a loss on the road. But I mean, if you lose against Alabama, you lose against LSU. Uh, it's tough to see where another loss could happen on that schedule. Um, so, I, I mean, I would lean towards the over, even though it's the underdog for them. Yeah, it's another team that just based on the recruiting last few years, you just expect them to have a very talented team. Jimbo yeah. Fisher's done a, a good job. I think maybe the results haven't been there, but at least he's recruiting, living up to that uh, $75 million contract that he signed a few years ago. Uh, got that yeah. the Texas oil money to uh, come and get him. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I think the question mark is going to be at quarterback because you lose Kellen Mond, who is a very experienced player and kind of brought everything together. So kind of want to wait and see on Texas A&M. Don't really have a strong opinion on them. And you did mention they end the year at LSU, or maybe it's hosting LSU, but still LSU is also a fascinating team. Uh, they had a quarterback, Miles Brennan, who got hurt in early August. Looks like Max Johnson will be the starting quarterback, the son of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. Uh, LSU was kind of a mess last year. Every, I mean, just players transferring, the, the players opting out, the assistant coaches were, were terrible, especially defensive coordinator Bull Pelini. So now it'll be interesting to see if Ed Orgeron had figured out kind of bringing in the right assistant coaches. And right off the bat, week one, they're playing at UCLA. And I know last podcast we mentioned it's – we're looking forward to seeing how UCLA looks, and that's a good litmus test in that week one game for them. But the same thing with LSU. I think we're going to learn a lot about the Tigers that night in Pasadena and if they could kind of be more of that consistent national title contender or if maybe they're going to be looking for a head coach soon. I think the the uh, outcomes are very wide, and the range of outcomes could be anything for LSU this season. Yeah, they're the most one of the more intriguing teams just because we have no idea what's what they're going to be doing. So I'm I'm gonna have a lot of fun watching LSU. The whole SEC is always yeah, I think is gonna be a lot of fun. They 